Monster-based show that dives into TV, movies, music, comics, and a whole lot more. Um, just want to thank everybody for listening, for tuning into the show. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, this is where I do a solo review of a movie that I've not watched till just recently. And um, uh, they're movies that have come out after the year 2000, so that's just a little caveat that I've added there to these movie reviews. And uh, the other thing, too, is that uh, there's no need for a spoiler alert, uh, spoiler warning. Um, I will get into the movie, but not uh, so far as to spoil anything for you. So uh, no need to worry about that. Um, this week, um, it's kind of a short review because I wanted to talk about a couple other things. But um, this is a movie by the Safdie Brothers. The Safdie Brothers um, kind of knew... To me, uh, they kind of uh, came on my radar um, the, with the uh, Uncut Gems, the uh, Adam Sandler uh, vehicle, uh, which I have not watched yet. Uh, it was on my list for these, for the uh, 2000 Movies um, podcast, but uh, I've wanted to watch one of their earlier films, which I remember kind of hearing about this movie a couple years back. Um, it's called Good Time. And it stars Robert Pattinson and uh, not a lot of other well-known actors other than um, Jennifer Jason Lee has a small part in this film. Uh, and she's always great. <laughs> um, so uh, the Safdie brothers, um, like I said, uh, you know, when people have brought up Uncut Gems, people have watched Uncut Gems. Uh, I've yet to watch it, like I said. But uh, they mentioned kind of the... Um, <laughs> The anxiety-inducing kind of aspect of it, just uh, uh, so um, <clears throat> it seems like that's part of their their style, because uh, there's uh, plenty of that in this movie in Good Time. Um, but uh, let me see, let me see if I can get some more of the credits. I think I got pretty much so. so the Safdie brothers, the directors, uh, Robert Pattinson. Uh, this is Robert Pattinson. When did this film come out? Uh, so it's more recent. It's 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 the era of Robert Pattinson's uh, more indie kind of uh, um, part of his career. And yes, it's uh, a 2017 film. Uh, so not too old at all. Um, it's a couple of years. Uh, so uh, yeah, Robert Pattinson's doing stuff like uh, the Lighthouse and uh, a couple other kind of a handful of films that are kind of uh, solidifying him as a, <laughs> uh, a real actor and uh, less um, kind of a heartthrob, although he is. <laughs> I'm sure he can't escape that part of his, uh, his, uh, his career, is the heartthrob aspect of it. But uh, he has, uh, after watching um, The Lighthouse, uh, yeah, the, the guy does uh, have... Legit acting chops, um, which is part of the reason why I'm excited for him being cast as uh, Bruce Wayne Batman for the uh, the next Batman film. Um, who is the director of that movie? Oh, yeah, Matt Reeves is, is directing the the Batman, so it's something to look forward to in the next couple of years. Uh, but, it, you know, that was part of the reason why I've been uh, taking a deep dive uh, with the Robert Pattinson's films. You know, in the other, the other movie... Uh, of his that I've watched recently was Tenet. I watched that over the summer. Um, and he was excellent in it. Uh, 
his hair was even more excellent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, try as you might, Robert. Uh, you can't escape your leading man good looks. So, okay, let, uh, let's get into this film. Uh, good Time, uh, 2017 film. Um, it's, uh, this is a weird one, and this is uh, probably why I want to spend too much time on it. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a good movie, <laughs> but it's nonstop anxiety-inducing, which, um, it's hard to recommend a movie like that to just anyone. <laughs> so, um, I'm sure Uncut Gems is the same way. I'll eventually watch that at some point, but, uh, it's, it's, it's the, uh, um, uh, out of the frying pan into the fire, like, and, and repeat, just nonstop, just like, uh, uncomfortable situation, and then you finally get out of that, and then it's an anxiety-inducing situation, and then another anxiety-inducing situation, and then another, then followed by an uncomfortable situation. So it's not stopping. and it's deliberate, of course. Um, but uh, it doesn't really make a fun movie if that's what you're looking for. So, uh, so I can't, you know, um, uh, I can't say it's a bad movie because it's, it's, because uh, objectively it has everything a good movie would have. It's great acting, uh, interesting story. Um, the uh, has style. The uh, aesthetically, it uh, it reminds me, and you can kind of see that in the trailer for Uncut Gems. As like a seventies, eighties kind of filming aesthetic to it, photography aesthetic aesthetic to it. Uh, the music, everything. Um, so, yeah, it's it's technically a good movie. Uh, it's just if that's not what you're into, <laughs> like just. Uh, feeling anxious nonstop for an hour and a half. It's 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 uh it's probably not for you. And, and it's not like um what was the what was the Darren Aronofsky film that's always like my example of a movie that's good but I would not want to watch again. It's the uh, Requiem for a Dream. That's it. Uh, Requiem for a Dream has everything that makes a good movie a good movie. Good writing, good directing, good acting, uh, just across the board. It's just, the, uh, subject matter is just, uh, unsettling. So, <laughs> it's not something I want to watch over and over again. Like, say, like a movie like Thor Ragnarok where, you know, um, uh, or Lord of the Rings or something like that that you can still, uh, watch over and over again and, and enjoy, um. Uh, enjoy in a um, in a light kind of fun uh, manner. Uh, so this film, um, yeah, uh, what can I say? Um, I'm glad I got introduced to the Safdie brothers and their style. Uh, now I know what to get into or what I'm getting into when I watch Uncut Gems, and uh, it'll be interesting to see um, Adam Sandler in a in a in a in a movie. Um, with this kind of tone and this kind of style. Uh, I, I've only heard good things about Uncut Gems. Uh, I, and like I said earlier, I have heard that it's, that it's, uh, um, can make you anxious and stuff. And, you know, it's not that anxious feeling that you get 
when you're watching like an action movie like Mission Impossible Fallout or um, 1917 where it's the, the anxiety is coming from the action and whether or not somebody is going to escape uh, uh, a, a, a war battle or something like that. This is like um, just normal, not normal everyday situations, but uh, a more grounded kind of day to day situations. Um, uh, you know, there's some crime and stuff in here, so uh, that's kind of not normal every day. But um, it, it, it's th this these guys, the Safety Brothers, really ground this so that they put you in the uh, driver's seat, so you feel what uh, the characters are feeling, and and uh, you do kind of feel the grime of 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 the uh, of uh, of the uh, characters in the in the city, and um, it, it, this is a this is a this is the same time, you know. And I wonder where this. I, I just assumed it was New York, you know, uh, but this could have been Baltimore or some, you know, a city like that. So it's 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 that type of aesthetic or that type of setting, just kind of grimy city life, and. Uh, there are good people, but then there's the criminal element kind of mixed in. And, you know, let me at least give a premise, a uh, short premise. Um, usually I have this ready, but um, I think this will explain the movie a lot better if I have it more um, concise. All right, let's see. Uh, Robert Pattinson's character uh, is a bank robber who attempts to free his developmentally disabled brother... Um, from police custody after he ends up in the hospital. So there's a there's a there's a bank robbery that these two brothers commit at the beginning of the movie. The one brother, uh, Robert Pattinson's brother in the film, um, gets captured when they're trying to escape. Um, goes to prison, but then ends up in the hospital. And Robert Pattinson goes to try to rescue rescue him from the hospital, and then the film goes from there. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, man, you know. And then Robert Pattinson's character, you, you're, you're kind of struggling back and forth through the entire movie. Is Are you on his side? He's very grimy and kind of a gross character, so you're, it's easy not to um, kind of be on his side. But then you're going back and forth, so it's one of those films. Um, yeah. And uh, what's the, the genre is a, a crime thriller. So it's it's that, but it's not conventional. So that's the other thing I wanted to bring up too about this film. It's it's not a conventional crime thriller. It's not uh, the town or um, something like that. Um, it's more about the character and less to do with the crime um, thriller aspect of it. Uh, it is a thriller though. Um, so, you know, uh, and it's highly reviewed, like it's got r fantastic reviews, uh, and it's on Netflix if you want to check it out, and, uh, um, if you're a fan of Robert Pattinson, then, then, uh, you should check this out. Um, and if you like, if you liked, uh, Uncut Gems, I'm sure this is probably, uh, kind of in that same ballpark. Um, let's see. And, you know, like I said a moment ago, uh, it's got uh, really good reviews. 
my grade on it is um, is a C plus. Uh, so it's not the A or the B that it's getting from movie review sites. Uh, the you know the the big ones, Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, and all those other ones. But um, the reason for my grade is because. Um, and you know what a C plus? Um, I, I've I've had this conversation with people. They hear me give a movie a C plus, and they're like, "Really? Wow!" And uh, just they take it kind of as a negative. And I, I think a C plus is a good grade. Like I, I don't regret watching a C plus movie, a C movie. Uh, when it gets into a D or an F, that's when I'm like, "Ah!" Like I feel like I got robbed. Um, hearing these, hearing my co-host talk about Wonder Woman 1984, it's like, ugh. Uh, so, um, uh, a C plus, I don't, I don't regret. Um, uh, I just, this film, it's kind of a quiet film and, uh, uh, kind of a smaller film. Um, it's just not something I care to watch again, really. Um, where when you go on Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic, they make it sound like this is like a perennial, like this is like, you know, like I think they gave... They gave it really high scores. Um, if we're just judging it on all the technic technical stuff, then yes, it's got a really high score. When it comes to subject matter, I'm like, how how much do I want to? <laughs> uh, how, how much do I want to um, be in this world? Um, you know, uh, I was just watching Lord of the Rings again this morning, Return of the King. And I'd forgotten how much I love those movies. Uh, me and Ian, uh, my co-host on Mind Grenade, um, were at work just gushing over how awesome the Lord of the Rings uh, movies are. And those are like 20-year-old movies, or not, maybe not quite 20, but... Um, yeah, for me, the best way, the, 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 the highest praise I can give a movie is rewatchability. So that's really where I'm coming from whenever I'm reviewing a movie. Um, and I realize that's uh, got a lot of subjectivity kind of baked into that kind of approach. But, um, yeah, that's that's how I um, uh, chosen to review movies. So uh, when I give something a C plus, it doesn't – I think that's a, that's a win. Um, it's just um, uh, I'm considering kind of the – Gestalt, gestalt, just the entirety of the thing rather than just uh, an aspect of it. So, um, yeah, so if, so if we're just talking about the cinematography, then yeah, fuck yeah, this gets like an A+. Plus. <laughs> but if I'm judging it as a whole, I'm going to give it a C+. Plus. And um, like I said, I consider that a win, a, a C. Uh, it's not a failing grade. So, um, yeah, you know, um, it has made me interested in watching Uncut Gems. So uh, I'm not rushing um, to Netflix to watch it right away, but um, it's, it's on my list of, of films to watch. So um, I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up there with the uh, uh, review of Good Time. Um, it's, uh, and then who would I recommend this to? Probably uh, Matt. I would recommend it to Matt probably since uh, I think he... Um, was uh, spoke favorably favorably of um, Uncut Gems. Um, he did he did like I said before he did mention how it kind of 
what I've said about this movie, it's, it's anxiety-inducing. Um, and, and let me just say, I don't get anxious very easily, uh, and I don't, I, I, don't, I don't mind it in movies. It's just I, I could tell that this movie was just a nonstop version of that. <laughs> so it's just something I noticed about the movie and their style, and uh, uh, it didn't bother me. It just painted my review of the film. I had to like kind of make people aware of it. Uh, if I had just said, "Oh yeah, you need to watch this movie. It's great," and then you go watch it and then you realize <laughs> you just like uh, don't feel comfortable the entire time, then, like, you're going to be like, what the, well, I won't take his recommendations ever again. Well, you know, so I, I like to paint a picture of of uh, my feelings on uh, any film I review. So um, that's uh, my review of Good Time, starring Robert Pattinson, 2017 film, directed by the Safdie brothers. So um, the other stuff I wanted to bring up, too, on the podcast, on this pot, particular podcast, is... Uh, some of the TV shows I've been watching, I, I've been um, kind of uh, making a concerted effort to watch um, some more, or, or just to be a little bit more consistent with uh, TV shows. Um, I um, I've been doing after the Mandalorian. I, I have decided to um, uh, kind of focus on TV shows uh, that I really like. And once, you know, of course, once I've discovered them and and not binging them. Um, so, uh, for example, The Queen's Gambit, I just started watching and uh, was recommended to me by uh, my other co-host, Jason. And um, it's a mini series. It's uh, seven episodes on Netflix. I'm sure people have heard about it. Um, uh, I really, the first episode, really connected with it uh, quite a bit. So I decided, um, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to just binge it all at once and then just be out of a good a show that I enjoy that much, like like that, you know? So I decided to just watch one a week. And uh, and I that's really been working out for me. So um, I decided to do that with uh, other shows. Um, what We Do in the Shadows is another one. I decided to jump in on that. I uh, just kept hearing about how good. I had watched the movie, and I reviewed the movie for 2000 movies uh, early on. I think it might have been the first one I did, the Taika Waititi movie, uh, and I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, so I started doing, I started watching What We Do in the Shadows. That's on Hulu. Um, Queen's Gambit is on Netflix. And uh, another show that I decided to kind of um, approach this way was... Uh, a show called Devs. It's uh, that's on Hulu, and um, I think that's a mini series. I don't think it's a full on. I don't think it goes on um, indefinitely, or you know, like it's not. I'm not sure. I might have to do more research on that, but it seems like it's like a one season thing, kind of like Watchmen on HBO. But I might be wrong. But uh, regardless, that's a fantastic show. <laughs> so I highly recommend that. It's. Um, it's kind of a it, it's it's a show that focuses on technology and kind of our relationship with it and kind of big philosophical questions about uh, determinism and stuff like that. And it stars Nick Offerman um, in a serious role. This is not a comedy at all. <laughs> this is a straightforward uh, um, kind of psychological drama. 
with it's it's the director of um what is it ex machina which if you've not watched ex machina just drop what you're doing right now and go watch that movie spend the however much it is to watch it it's worth it uh but uh alex garland is the director of that movie and the writer um and he's doing this tv show devs on hulu and it's i highly recommend it so um but uh, these three shows uh i am watching kind of piecemeal one episode every week rather than binging it all i was having a conversation i was telling my i was recommending queen's gambit to my niece my 14 year old niece and uh she was there she was on skype with her mom and i was talking to my niece and and uh, i was telling i was telling her how i've decided to just not binge stuff i've decided just to watch you know uh, focus on shows that i really really uh think highly of and then um watch an episode a week rather than binge it and they were like oh no it's so much fun to binge it because you know i mean yeah, this and that and i was like well yeah but then i'm out a good show <laughs> like like that like it's um their argument was that uh, there's or at least uh her mom's argument my sister-in-law's argument was that there's so many good shows out there and i was like yeah, really that's not how it usually works um there's usually just with any kind of art there's you know the tip of the spear there's the really good stuff and there's very few of it and then there's the you know, then there's everything else, varying degrees of quality. And then there's the bottom stuff that people forget about. Um, so my uh, retort was that, you know, if you're at a party that you're having a great time, do you want it to be over quickly and then move on and then be out? Or do you want it to last a, a lot longer so you can, like, savor it? That, that uh uh, I got kudos for that kind of analogy from my sister-in-law. So, um, so that's just my, my approach, uh, for this year. So once I've gotten through Queen's Gambit and devs and what we do in the shadows, I'll, I'll be looking for other recommendations and other TV shows to kind of fill that gap there, that uh, void. So, um, but, uh, more specifically, um, the Queen's Gambit, oh boy, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Like, I've seen her and stuff before, but man, I am like, <laughs> I am bewitched by by this actress. She is fan-fucking-tastic, and uh, what a great role for her. Uh, I think I think years later, it'll be an iconic role for her. Um, it has to do with uh, a chess player orphan back in the 60s, and uh, um, she it has to do with, like, um, addiction, like, and, um, I, isolation, like, solitude, and, uh, oh, man, she, 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 um, kind of, um, and cast, and I don't know, like, she, her approach to this role is just so, um, uh, it's lightning in a bottle. Whoever decided to cast her for this role was just brilliant. Uh, the, uh, the thing about this, and it's based on a book that came out, I'm not sure when it came out, it's probably been decades, it has to have been decades, because uh, apparently they were trying to make um, a movie of it um, quite a while ago that would have been Heath Ledger's first movie that he directed. So 
Um, that didn't happen, obviously, and they finally got around to making this miniseries on Netflix, and it's fucking great, man. Like, I'm not even into chess, and uh, I enjoy the hell out of this, especially the chess part of it. <laughs> like, whenever they start, uh, when, you know, she goes up against um, somebody in a challenge, in, you know, uh, in a tournament for chess, like, then I get all just, I don't know, I get uh, transfixed. Um, so that's a great show. Uh, um, and and, and uh, I've got a couple more episodes left, and I'm already kind of uh, uh, mourning the, pa- the 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 passing of the show uh, since it's just a mini series. Um, I don't think there's going to be any more. Um, the uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh boy, like uh, this is a, a TV show created by the guys that made the movie. It's uh, Taika Waititi and. Uh, um, What's the, uh, Jermaine Clement. Uh, Jermaine was the, um, was part of Flight of the Concords, um, on HBO years ago. And Taika Waititi is the director of Thor Ragnarok and, um, a bunch of other stuff, Jojo Rabbit. And, uh, this is, um, they're not in it. They directed a couple episodes and then they write the show. And, uh, these are all whole new actors, um, uh, for the show than they were in the movie. But uh, uh, what's the what's the uh, one character's Matt Matt Berry, a British actor that I remember seeing in the IT crowd back in the day. That dude's never not funny. Like I'm so glad he's part of this show. He's fucking fantastic in, in what we do in the shadows. It's 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 essentially uh, a show like a mockumentary like um, The Office or uh, Parks and Rec, but with a supernatural bent on it. They're vampires that live together in the house. And it's like the, this group of vampires and, and they're familiar. And it's just, um, it's got all the trappings of an, uh, of a show like The Office, but with just silly kind of vamp, you know, vampire themed jokes. And uh, uh, it's so good. There, there's a character in the show uh, that's, uh, that lives there with the, uh, the vampires. Um, he, but he's a human who's a, uh, an energy vampire, so uh, which is hilarious. Uh, there's a scene at the uh, the first episode where he explains how the energy vampire is the most common vampire. You might know one, and uh, he's right. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, I can think of particular people who are like that, and uh, which is just a super smart joke. I think for this TV show, this is a lot of smart um, humor in the in the show. What we do in the shadows, and that's on Hulu. And then, like I said earlier, with devs, um, who else is in devs? It's um, Allison Pill. Um, so some other recognizable actors, but uh, it's—I uh, don't feel like I need to um, sell this show just as much, other than uh, to kind of make people aware of it, because it's kind of un. Uh, I didn't hear about it until, like, I didn't see any promotion for it or anything anywhere until I heard somebody randomly bring it up in a, on a podcast. And I'm so grateful because it's such a good show. Um, I'm, I'm only a couple of episodes in, so, uh, I mean, it might fall apart uh, later uh, in, the, in the series. But so far, it's, it's fantastic, and it's really thought-provoking. And um, really good music, too, the soundtrack. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, man, just, if anything, try the first episode, and you kind of get an idea. 
It has to do with like, um, you know what? Let me let me see if I could find the, the a quick kind of uh, elevator pitch premise for it real quick here. All right, it's uh, let's see, this uh, software engineer um, uh, for a quantum computing company run by Nick Offerman's character. Um, this uh, software engineer, uh, Lily is her name, uh, soon becomes embroiled in the mysterious des death of her boyfriend who died on the first day on his job at Devs. Um, Devs is like the, uh, the, uh, like the, the, uh, this, this department within Amaya, which Amaya is the, uh, a, a quantum computing company. And, uh, so Lily, her boyfriend, um, uh, dies on his first day of being part of this department within this quantum computing company. So it's, it's very, um, Silicon Valley kind of setting going on, but then it's more than that. The series explores themes related to free will and determinism as yeah, in Silicon Valley. Uh, let's see, it says it received generally positive reviews with critics praising its imagination, cinematography, acting, and soundtrack. Huh, there you go. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, it might not be for you, uh, but uh, I really recommend just watching at least the first episode, and you can kind of get an idea of what, you know, what to expect from this show. So, um, I'll wrap it up here. Um, yeah, again, thanks, everyone, for listening, for supporting the podcast over the years. Um, we had a really good uh, year. We had a really good year last year, and uh, it's looking to be more the same. You know, I look forward to uh, recording more episodes with the guys, uh, with Jason, Ian, Matt, and, uh, and and continuing doing these little solo episodes too. Oh yes, uh, networking. The uh, MindGrenadeStudios.com um, is where you can find it. All things Mind Grenade. Uh, it's a feed of the podcast there. There's some artwork. How to contact us is on there. Leave us an email. The other thing um, I should direct you to is on iTunes. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Uh, really appreciate that. And uh, leave us an iTunes review. So uh, for the next couple episodes, the very next episode that you'll see on the feed will be uh, the uh, it'll be uh, a full house. It'll be me, Jason, Ian, and Matt, and we're gonna be reviewing or not reviewing but giving our thoughts on WandaVision that's uh premiering in a couple days on Disney Plus. Really excited for that and it'll be interesting to see what uh what the guys say about that um particular show. That's the uh that that apparently is the first uh, bit of content for phase 4 of the MCU. So super excited for that. And then when I come back to do one of these solo episodes, one of these 2000 movie episodes, uh, I'm going to kind of, I've been wanting to kind of watch something a little bit lighter. So um, there's a film on Hulu called Palm Springs that I've been hearing about here and there. And that's a, that's a um, Andy Samberg film. It's a romantic comedy, uh, but with like a, like a twist. Uh, the premise it says here uh, on the web, it says, Stuck in a time loop, two wedding guests develop a budding romance while living the same day over and over again. So it's got the Groundhog's Day kind of aspect to it, but it's a, it's a rom-com version of that. So, um, yeah, uh, do a Mind Grenade review of that uh, when I come back to do a solo episode. 
So again, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. This has been episode 241 of the Mind Grenade Podcast. I've been your host, Hector, saying so long, and we'll talk to you soon. Summer